Hi there. I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing. And I'm Shannon Jarek. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager. And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing. And welcome back to Metaphorically Speaking. We are super excited to get this year kicked off with our first episode of 2021. Yeah, I know for sure. 2020 was a long decade and we're excited oh my for that gosh. <laughs> 10 years to be over. Uh, Absolutely. 2021 will be a lot better, a lot smoother. Um, we we would have loved to have kicked this, these podcasts off last month. We had a couple of scheduling snafus, probably some lingering effects from, from 2020 into the new year, but we're excited to get this thing going now and, and just continue to do this every month throughout the rest of the year. Absolutely. We are just looking forward to talking with more small business owners and entrepreneurs in the Colorado Springs and surrounding area and just diving into the community and kind of learning what makes these people take. So thanks for joining us for another year. Yeah, I'm just so excited. I mean, we've been doing this for a little while now, and we've I've had these conversations with small business owners for for many years. But mm-hmm. I think what's been so excited about having it on the podcast is just be able to almost to just to more personally connect with people, and for people to actually hear their voices and have the dialogue and the conversations, and and to be able to hear them tell their story. I mean, that's something we're so passionate about. As yeah, as marketers to be able to connect with small business owners and not only do that in a client facing relationship, but also just in just, I don't know, we just get so inspired from hearing the ups and downs, the the trials and tribulations of of running a small business (laughs) and the things that happened that had to happen along the way to make this thing come together. Yeah. And I love how those stories just connect all these small business owners and entrepreneurs and us at Keyhole. You know, it's just, yeah. You feel so alone and isolated, I think, at times. But to be able to speak that story um, out loud, you just learn how many people can support you and relate to you. So it's just exciting to build the community that way as well. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and I think what's always fun, too, is being able to get small business owners to kind of pull their eyes up from spreadsheets, reports, analytics. You know, a lot of times you ask them, like, how's work going? And they want to throw out numbers uh, of, <laughs> of how they validate their success. And I think we really want to get people to sort of lift their heads from that and start to see the things that don't live in these black and white worlds and really see like the parts of your story that are unique, the things that separate you from the from the competitors out there are all these pieces of your story that can't be tracked on a spreadsheet. And getting them yeah. to re- remember that, reflect back on those stories. Like that's what, that's the whole thing we've got. That's why we got this whole podcast started. That's why we call it metaphorically speaking, just to kind of reflect on more of the mysterious parts of the story, things that can't be so easily tracked or looked at. Absolutely. Yeah. So at Kiho, we love to say we tell big stories for small businesses. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to continue to do with this podcast. Um, we're excited to have you join us for that. So today we're going to look at the who, what, when, where, why, and how of another small business in downtown Colorado Springs called the Bread and Butter Neighborhood Market. And it is owned and run by two incredible women, Aubrey and Stacy. And we got to chat with them and just learn more about their stories. Yeah, super inspiring to hear them 
Um, I mean, just they're not serial entrepreneurs. In fact, I don't even know that they embrace that <laughs> word yet. <laughs> they're still trying to like keep keep it away from them a little bit. And I get that. I did that for the first seven or eight years of, of running this business. I don't know. There's some something about that label that doesn't quite fit right mm-hmm. un- until at some point you you accept it. But it's a great spot. I went down there um, last week, and it's a great little corner spot. Uh, definitely seems to be integral in, in that in that community, and people are finding a lot of value in it. And um, even in a time like COVID, where they're limited on how much you can do with within the community and obviously even people the the number of people limited in the space these people just are able to really see that as a valuable spot for them to go and connect with people on a regular basis and i think it's Mm -hmm. becoming what they wanted it to be a community spot where people can see regulars and start to build a, a community of people absolutely they they were quick to say you know it's a food store and a liquor store attached. But what was so neat to kind of discover through talking to them was just this mission of connecting people, you know, through food and connecting neighborhood locals. And the fact that it's, you know, walking distance away and just kind of central to downtown, it just creates that neighborhood environment. And it makes grocery shopping a pleasant experience. I love how they're like, it doesn't have to be this miserable, daunting experience. It can be enjoyable. It can be convenient, you know, and they're there to support you there. You get to see locals and neighbors. So it just seems like a really nice environment that they've they brought to downtown Colorado Springs for sure so yeah hopefully you enjoy this episode I know we did and uh, we look forward to listening to it again so I'd love to just get to know you guys personally a little bit um, Stacy maybe you can start with just giving us a sense of where you were born um, where did, what was your hometown where did you grow up yeah so um, I grew up in Oklahoma City Oklahoma okay lived there from the time I was about five years old um, until I moved to Colorado. So grew up in Oklahoma City, went to school in Stillwater at Oklahoma State, and then right out of college um, in 1986, I moved here to Colorado Springs to be a high school teacher. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. And so you said you, you were grew up in Oklahoma, then moved to Colorado, and then went back to Colorado or Oklahoma for college? Uh, no, I, I went to... I, I, I um, lived in Oklahoma City all my life growing up in primary and uh, middle and high school and then went to college in Oklahoma and then I moved to Colorado Springs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And I've been here ever since. Interesting. And so the, the job opportunity brought you this way? That's right. Yep. So I looked for a number of, I had a couple of different offers, one in Littleton, one with Denver Public Schools and one with School District 11, and I chose the one here in Colorado Springs. And nice. Super glad I did. I love this town. That's awesome. That's awesome. Aubrey, how about you? Where did you grow up, and what kind of brought you this way? <laughs> well, I, I was born here. and <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm a native. So grew up here, um, have lived up and down the Front Range, did a short time in New York City after college, um, and then have been back in the Springs for about seven or eight years. Okay. Sorry, I always assume I have to ask people where they're from around here because most people I feel like are not from here. What did you do in uh, New York for a while? Well, I I went there really just for a change of scenery after I graduated from college. And um, all I was qualified for really was to work retail. So I sold wedding rings at a little specialty shop near my house and spent time exploring the city and 
Um, that's where my, my love of little corner markets and bodegas came from. Nice. How long were you out there? Just a year and a half. Okay. Okay. I, I ran out of money and came. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that for sure. Very expensive. Um, how about siblings for either one of you? Did you have, were you only, only child, middle child? Where'd you guys grow up in there? Um, this is Stacy. I have an older brother and a younger brother. So I am a middle child. Um, and uh, they're all in different places now as well. My older brother is in Minnesota and my uh, younger brother is in Arizona. Okay. How about you, Aubrey? I'm an only child. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, I always find that interesting just to kind of see sometimes how birth order or only only child syndrome, if you will. Uh, we we only have a, we have a one child too, so I'm always interested to see how that influences his his direction. Um, were there anything as you were growing up that sort of you had some inklings, some thoughts about being an entrepreneur? Any memories of those, or did that develop later in time? So this is Stacy. What's really interesting is as I was growing up, um, or even when I was out of college and starting my career entrepreneurship was something that I thought would never be a path for me. I actually worked for Junior Achievement, the worldwide headquarters for many years, and I always marveled at the young entrepreneurs and the um, just their innovation and their guts and their courage. And I always cheered for them and thought, oh, that could never be me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that um, something that I was afraid of at some point in my life was something that, um, you know, I really clamored for. That's interesting. No, I never, never considered, um, being a small business owner or an entrepreneur. And I actually don't really consider myself an entrepreneur now. I, mm. I'm sort of a, a, a grocer first and then, uh, happens to be a small business owner. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think Aubrey and I are, are a lot alike in that regard. Like we both, had business experience and we both have business background um, and so sometimes I think of an entrepreneur as somebody who's doing something bigger or riskier or I mean this is this is so maybe we're not thinking of ourselves as <laughs> because I don't know it just seems like this is a grocery business and well and you know I didn't it wasn't like we were thinking we should start a business where is there a need and what can we fill? It, mm. we, we both always sought out food and owning a little food store. Yeah. So it just happened to be that you're a small business owner in the process. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's parallel to my experience. I've, I've been doing this about eight years now. And I think, I think a year ago, I finally accepted the fact that I was a business owner. I think I always sort of like try to put it off. And I don't even know why. I wasn't, I wasn't opposed to the term. I just, um, I guess I just sort of uh, to your same point i compared myself to others in the industry or other people who have been doing it for years who had aspirations since they were three mm -hmm. and i just couldn't compare myself to them so i thought well i guess i'm just doing this thing to get a paycheck and it just happens to be that i own the thing versus somebody else but mm -hmm. once i kind of accepted it maybe that'll come for you too like just the reality of um Hey, I'm making the decisions on how this thing goes, and and we are making decisions to fill a need in the marketplace and all those things. I don't know. It just kind of came to me eventually that that's that's actually what it was, and it's okay. 
Um, but I had the same thing. I didn't, I didn't have any aspirations. My parents weren't entrepreneurs. Uh, so there was no sort of model in front of me that I thought, Oh, I want to be that person. Um, so then what was the leap, um, you know, from, you know, school teachers and a little small business owner or, or a shop runner in New York city, like could talk a little bit of like, first of all, I guess, how did you two meet? How, what was your path together? Um, Aubrey and I met, I was a, a coordinator, a volunteer coordinator for a local uh, political campaign and Aubrey was a volunteer. And so we got to meet um, through the campaign. And then after the campaign, um, our mutual friend who was the person running for office introduced us and said, you know, you guys both want to do the same thing. You should talk to one another about doing it together. <laughs> um, we spent some time, a couple of years now, almost three, um, just meeting, sharing our ideas and our visions, which were very, very similar, um, and talking to other business owners and just really molding our plan together. Um, yeah, maybe you could maybe walk me through your individual plans that you were dreaming up in, on your own and then how they how they merged together. What were you dreaming up uh, individually? I think yours was, Aubrey's, you want to start? You were, I feel far more specific about what you had envisioned because you'd spend so much time in small groceries and, and bodegas. When I lived in, in New York City, um, the seed was sort of planted that, gosh, this is a such a nice amenity for a community. Um, every community deserves this. I wonder why, you know, just sort of like, why, why didn't I have this growing up? You know, I, I grew up here and shopped big box my whole life. And, um, you know, it, it felt like a great food store and more, you know, <laughs> such an integral part of community. And um, I lived in Denver uh, right before coming to Colorado, back to Colorado Springs and shopped some small markets up there as well. And it sort of reinvigorated that idea that, you know, this, this makes sense everywhere. There's no reason that um, this shouldn't be in every community. And so when I came back to Colorado Springs, I was working in the nonprofit world, doing a lot of um, policy advocacy, sort of um, trying to encourage other people <laughs> to institute things like local food stores and other sort of community building and um, kind of health promoting urban design elements. And it finally came to a point that I was tired of trying to encourage other people and decided I should just do the darn thing. <laughs> you know, this has been sitting in the back of my mind for many years. And, um, you know, you were asking about whether we, um, you know, wanted to be entrepreneurs from childhood. No, but I, I did spend so much time downtown in my childhood and have always been part for downtown and, so that kind of, you know, was always underlying. And, um, you know, Stacy will tell you, though we came to this in very different paths, the timing really has to do with the community and where Colorado Springs was at and downtown needing a market and the two of us being crazy enough to be <laughs> trying to bring it. Yeah. So, yeah. What was going back to New York City, I want to get to your thoughts too, Stacey, but what were some of your thoughts, Aubrey? Like, what were some things you, you remember gaining at those New York City shops, uh, local grocery stores that you just, those are the things that you, that you received and you wanted to offer to somebody else? Yeah, well, I intentionally lived in Brooklyn, not Manhattan, when I was in New York because it had more of a neighborhood feel. I'm kind of on neighborhood gal. And I believe your neighborhood really has so much to do with kind of your well-being and um 
And so it just was an enjoyable place to be. You know, you hear people talk about the drudgery of grocery shopping and how unpleasant an experience it is. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, it really was enjoyable. People were nice. You got to see, you know, you knew who you were going in to see. They were there every day. Um, and they put so much passion into what they were bringing to you, you know, whether it's the bodega or, you know, a specialty cheese shop, the whole gamut, these, you know, the, the heart and the passion was there in the store and it came through in the experience. And so that's what I enjoyed most about it. And running into neighbors at the grocery store is, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a little bit of those shopping experiences, mostly like when I'm on vacation and, you know, you're sort of, you're close to that area. Was it, is it also, was your experience where you would go back regularly throughout the week versus, you know, as you, as we talk about big box stores here, it's the one time a week or maybe longer. Was your experience, not only the people you saw, but you saw them on a regular basis. Yeah. And in an urban environment, that's sort of out of necessity Mm, Yeah, because, you know, you just don't have a lot of space and uh, buying a whole bunch of groceries that went, you know, I, I was on foot and so you couldn't buy you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of groceries to schlep over, you know, for sure. um, And, you know, that's part of the reason why we came to this now is that more and more people are looking for that lifestyle. And, you know, our model with the small corner market suits that. And um, that is a need that we um, are happy to fill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there anything like that at all when you were growing up? Anything downtown similar to that? You know, there was, and I didn't know it because I grew up sort of in the suburbs, what used to be the suburbs. <laughs> um, so there was, you know, the little market over on Willamette, and um, there, there was a place um, kind of by the college downtown, yeah. but I, I wasn't even aware of it. And so I think a lot of people here hadn't had that experience. But, you know, these kinds of markets are all over, not just in New York City. And yeah. we were out sort of doing our open houses and getting input from the community. Almost everybody that said, oh, we love a place like that, when we go to so-and-so place or when we go on vacation, we always, you know, find our market there, get a few things. And so yeah. um, it's, this is not a novel idea <laughs> and, you know, it works well. It's, it's sort of surprising that it didn't exist here before. Well, it did exist here before, but um, sort of went away and yeah. tried for it to come back. Yep. Stacy, what was your entry point into that? How did you get interested in this? Um, so from the time that um, my children were younger, I'd always wanted to do something around, uh, I again, didn't think of myself as as wanting to be an entrepreneur, but thought it would be nice to have something small that was a little cornerstone of the community, whether that's a little flower shop or a little donut shop or a little coffee shop or some combination thereof. Mm. And then as my kids got older and became grown men and I started to look into what could the community really use, I was drawn to um, a grocery store. And then I spent a lot of time working at Care and Share Food Bank for Southern Colorado, which is the food bank serving 31 counties throughout Southern Colorado, and just became really aware of how important food was, access to food, um, access to good food, you know, had taken so much for granted that I didn't know I had taken for granted, had been yeah. um, completely privileged and missed my privilege until it was shown to me mm-hmm. through my work at Karen Chair. And so just, you know, every community deserves to have this kind of um, food nearby. They all deserve to have access to food and 
um, our downtown is growing. So it just became something I really felt um, compelled to provide. When you both got that connection through the friend, t- give me a quick reset. Were were you teaching still, Stacy? Oh no. Um, okay. I had been. I was at. I was the chief operating officer at Karen Share Food Bank at the time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I've had a number of. I was a teacher um, for a while. I worked in manufacturing as an operations manager for a large mail order company here in town. I worked for mm. Junior Achievement, um, worked for a long time at Karen Share. I'm much older than Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I was at Karen Share. I was at Karen Share at the time. Okay. Okay. So you had quite a career path that prepared the road for you a little bit. Certainly a lot of different paths. <laughs> <laughs> a winding path. <laughs> And Aubrey, Aubrey, kind of give me a quick recap of your career path from New York City and then eventually to, to this uh, plot twist. Oh, sure. I mean, the, the quick and dirty of it is I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Mm. I wanted to help people be healthy, and I thought that medicine was the way that you did that. And so um, through a roundabout way, I ended up in community health and public health and, uh, you know, largely on the policy advocacy side about um, kind of how our communities either support or hinder our health and our choices and um, opportunities to be healthy. And so uh, most recently I was at El Paso County Public Health as a healthy environment planner when Stacy and I met. And um, like I said, I had been on sort of the backside of it, encouraging and advocating from the background and decided it was to be part of the, part of the process. Hey, Shannon. Yeah, what's up? We've been working together for a while now, right? We have. Yeah, we're at three years already. Though yeah. I have to admit, Joe, there are there are days where it feels much, much longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, I'm def- definitely sticking to yes and no questions from now on. That's smart. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely feel it. I think there's a few more gray hairs in my beard now than there were when I started this whole business. I don't think they're from you. I think they're from just business ownership. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't be certain about that, but that's just a guess. But there are a ton of challenges with business ownership, which is true. I mean, there's just just lots of problems to solve, way too much work to do in in little amount of time, mm. and lots of uncertainty. I feel like just second guessing myself a lot as a business owner. Um, am I doing the right things? Doing the wrong things? Just a lot of pressure. I think as a business owner. Wow, you make this career path sound just super inviting. You should definitely <laughs> make the leap for sure. So, Joe, is that why we offer our one-on-one digital marketing consulting sessions then? Yes, you read that perfectly. Good job. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we definitely do. We, we try to really explore their story, find out what do they do, why do they do it, how do they do it better than others, and then give them a chance to talk. What are, what are some of their greatest frustrations, some of their critical questions I have to get answers to, some of their just business aspirations, where do they want to go from here, and we really don't waste any time we get it all done wrapped up in an hour so it's i think it's really valuable for them very cool can you explain kind of exactly what somebody is going to get in the end yeah hopefully some serenity now some some peace some answers to some questions mm-hmm. uh we th- we like to just offer some clarity on some marketing questions they might have been wrestling with uh, give them some specific next steps to take for their small business maybe give them some feedback or a second opinion on their on their current marketing approach or give them a new outlook to some of their old problems that they've been struggling with. So hopefully just some tangible takeaways to use right away. 
Absolutely. And, and all of this can be theirs for the small fee of $1,500, right? <laughs> or <sure>. grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm starting to rethink the whole pricing strategy altogether. But as of right now, it's only $250 per one-hour session. Wow. I love everything about it. I'm not the one that uh, can sign up, though. So if this is you <laughs> and you're just ready for um, some marketing feedback, some answers to your questions, we would love to help. So visit keyholemarketing.us slash consult with me today and fill out the form on that page to reserve your one-on-one -on -one digital marketing consulting session. So at that point, Joe will be in touch to find the best time to talk. Yeah, hurry up before I change the whole pricing strategy altogether. <laughs> if you were to describe your business to a five-year-old who might you know, see all grocery stores as the same. How would you describe your business to that to that child to make sense of it? Well, I, I don't know if this is a way. Aubrey has a child that's nearing not not nearing five, but closer to five. We have a, a family that shops with us: a mom and dad, and and a young child. He's about three, and he used to build. <laughs> He used to build gas stations with his Legos, and now he's building um, bread and butters with his <laughs> with his Legos. <laughs> um, and that tells me something really special in that it feels like a place where people belong, that people, you know, aren't overwhelmed or intimidated by. I know those aren't words that we, I would use with a, a <laughs> but, you know, it's a place where you can go and find good food and you yeah. meet your friends there. Um, it's bright and clean and it's a happy place and, um, it's easy to find. Mm. I don't know, Aubrey, what else would you Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, we're a grocery store. Um, mm. and we try to do that really well and make it a more enjoyable <laughs> experience as, as a food store. Um, I grew up reading Richard scary books and oh, yeah. in every Richard scary book, there's a grocer mm -hmm. and mm. kid, I don't think I really processed it. But I read to my daughter now and I'm like, that's like mommy, you know, he's out there sweeping yeah. the sidewalk or he's got the fruit stand out in front or she's, you know, stocking inside. And, and, you know, it, it gives me a lot of pride that my daughter loves to come to the store. She mm -hmm. be there and, you know, she looks around and sees the food and pulls things off the shelf that I never would have brought home. And, you know, so I think it just, it, it instills in her community, um, the more so than a, yeah, yeah. our previous shopping experiences. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, the, the fact that you said it's an enjoyable experience, I think, is a distinguishing mark amongst most grocery shopping experiences, for sure. Um, I always think of, oh, go ahead. I don't think it fits your description of a five-year-old understanding, <laughs> but one of the things that Aubrey and I want to be able to to do and to make sure that people associate with us is really excellent service. Um, you know, you you don't always feel like you might be able to access that in a really large store, but in a smaller space, we can talk to people about the product that they've just picked up and why they picked it up and where it comes from. And did you know that, you know, Traverse City is the cherry capital of the United States and they're the best cherries you can have. I mean, all of these different things. There was a gentleman in the store the other day who had met with Aubrey about a specific bourbon he wanted. We also have a liquor store attached to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And he, he came back um, and it was there. And his wife had called 
to ask about a particular type of squash and we happen to have it and they don't live nearby, but they were so excited. They, you know, he came down, he, he said, I have to tell you, he said, customer service is a lot like unicorns. People talk about it, but you don't really see it. <laughs> and he said, you guys have won me over. I'll be back. And believe me, you're not nearby, but I'll be back. Mm. <laughs> it was just really wow. affirming to know that we could make a difference in their day by just doing what we set out to do. One other element of it that I think is good for, um, you know, at least my children to see is that it's it's just wholesome hard work. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And and doing something that, you know, everybody needs food. You know, it, I feel blessed that I like to go to work every day and, sh, you know, she can see that in me and, um, and you know, it, it just permeates in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have a lot of visions as we're talking about the grocery store in, on Sesame Street. <laughs> you know, just that, I mean, that was just the place that I wanted to go to as a kid and hang out. I mean, I just had no experiences like that either. And to, to see the same shop owner and the, all the things are in the right place and you could know what to find. It wasn't, wasn't unmanageable. It was very uh, well-organized and, and very easy to navigate. I think all those things, of course, I wouldn't articulate that as a five-year-old, but I understand what was so desirable about that place now. What do you, what do you think you provide most for people? You know, we've talked, I've heard a few things in there, you know, I've got a community space, um, I think there's even the health attributes of, of good quality food that probably doesn't have a long shelf life intended to be sort of used in a short amount of time, come back again, get some more. I mean, w w there's other things as well. What are, what, what's probably your greatest pr uh, provision for the community or, or is what you provide out of your space? Well, we try to be a real grocery store. So I think sometimes people are surprised when they come in, they say, oh my gosh, you have so much selection. Um, so I think we want to be able to provide, you know, people a place to really shop. Um, one of my, <laughs> one of my greatest memories so far of this experience was the first week we were open um, there was some construction that was happening nearby and there was a man, he was older than me and I'm in my fifties and he, you could tell he'd been working outside all day and he had in his hand a basket of tomatoes and he had, I think some bananas and there was a line at the register and he held up his food and he said, I just want to show you that I'm buying produce in downtown Colorado Springs <laughs> and I was just almost in tears. <laughs> it was great. You know, we just, mm. we want to be a grocery store. Yeah. I don't know, Aubrey, what else? Is yeah, again, first and foremost, it's food um, at, at the most very basic level, but really just another option. Um, and, you know, we're going to be, uh, we're going to provide something different for somebody who lives or works close by mm -hmm. than to somebody, you know, who lives in a different part of town and chooses us because of the customer service or because we have some particular products that they like. You know, for somebody who lives nearby or works nearby, um, we're making their lives a little bit easier. They can walk over, um, which is a really nice option to not have to drive. Um, it's a it's a quick and easy shopping experience. You know, it's a small footprint store, so you can get in and out of there in a couple minutes, or you can spend an hour in there and, you know, really peruse. We have a lot of local products. It's small businesses, you know, supporting other small businesses. Yeah. When you... 
I mean, having been still fairly new to the to the community, been here a couple of years, what was the thought process of why you chose where you chose? Was there was there a food desert there? Was there a community desert there? What was sort of what were your reasons for for picking that area? Yeah, it it had been a food desert. Okay. To us coming in, um, there are grocery stores on sort of the north and south ends, far ends of kind of the downtown area. And then, um, you know, far east and west. And so uh, typically people were driving and, and leaving the community to buy groceries. So Downtown Partnership puts out a, an annual report that talks about where people are spending their money. And, you know, if they're not spending it in downtown, where are they spending it? And so the I think it was the 2019 report showed that um, within a three-mile radius of the downtown center, so that includes a lot of rooftops in the neighboring neighborhoods and communities. People were spending like $50 million a year outside of downtown on groceries. And even to be able to put a portion of that um, toward a local store. And then the other part of it is our model fits sort of an urban setting quite well because it's walkable, because it's smaller. Um, and so, you know, we, when we first started out, we didn't say this is going to be downtown no matter what. Um, but it, as you know, as things came together and as we worked through the model more and the business plan, it just made sense for it to go downtown and finding a place that we could afford rent. <laughs> one of the biggest sure. challenges that we faced in opening the store. And so we ended up um, so fortunate in the location that we're at, not only because of the visibility um, and, you know, what's happening in the new south end of downtown, but we have a parking lot. We have an incredibly supportive um a set of landlords and property managers and um we we couldn't be luckier in that sense yeah that's awesome what do you um i don't know i picture i picture people not only taking great food home from your place but you've talked about community development like how what do you think they take back with them that isn't food and and, and implement into their own homes their own streets their own neighborhoods from your shop what are you able to give them from that capacity Hmm. That's an interesting question. It's a big question. Yeah. Um, we had a woman shopping this morning, uh, and she said her she said my daughter and her fiance had been here for two months, and for two months they've been cooking, hmm. and she said they had to leave to go back to college, and she said, and now I have to shop and cook, and she said, but I found all kinds of things here that I can that I can do for myself, which I thought was really, you know, she wasn't overwhelmed. She had missed, she knew she was going to miss the experience, but um, the fact that she came to our store, you know, that she can now prepare food for she and her husband. It was good to hear her say that. So I don't know, I guess some, in some ways we also provide uh, just a way to make things less overwhelming and less frightening. like. Simple things like putting together a meal kit each week with a recipe that's really simple. We put all the ingredients together that you need, and we can hand you a bag, and you can walk out the door. And nothing's going to be too hard to do. Um, I don't know if that's taking back to the community. Your question is really interesting. Yeah, and it's probably hard to really articulate because you probably are, you know you may not always get that information back from these people. But I just yeah I can I can see so much that you're um, just 
instilling within people. I can just imagine my own, those positive experiences you have in exchange with a person in a, in a place like that. And that feeds your soul, feeds your spirit, allows you to go implement, give more to the world just in that little experience, more so than head down, pushing your shopping cart, no, not looking at anybody else, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. We do get quite a few people coming in um, saying that they, they heard about us you know, on next door or from a neighbor or so people are, are talking about it. I, you know, I don't know what specifically necessarily that they're talking about, but they're talking about it. And so it leaves an impression in some way or another. And, you know, word of mouth is our best marketing tool at this point. <laughs> we can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, for sure. yeah. Um, just a couple more questions. Um, I've obviously last year was, was crazy for everybody. Are, do you, are you able to kind of be in a place where you're able to dream big for the future? Do you have some aspirations of where you want to go going forward or are you sort of just in keep, keep things up and running at this point? I think, I think we're dreaming of a, a maskless <laughs> experience where people can linger and hug and, um, yeah. you know, not, not feel so concerned about being close together and, um, for it really to take shape as that community space you know, yeah. already is a little bit, even within the confines of the pandemic. And so to see it really flourish is going to be really beautiful. And I do think Aubrey and I have talked, or we have visions of, of other phases of this, you know, we, people have asked us all lots of questions about, well, what do you want to do next? Or, you know, are you going to do online this or mm -hmm. offer such and such? And we want to do what we're doing right now really, really well. Yeah. and dial that into to perfection and then we can move on and you know but for now phase one to phase 100 is right where we are yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's a great that's a great thing i know that's my own challenge personally is sometimes not breathing in the moment and i'm always on to the next thing or dreaming about the next thing and my struggle sometimes is to just take in and focus on what's in front of me versus always dreaming for the next thing. So I think that's awesome. What's just two more questions. What's um, I know you're somewhat fairly new into this game, but as you were to reflect back on maybe those early thoughts, those early visions of uh, creating this business, maybe as a way to help other entrepreneurs, maybe those who haven't started their business or are still struggling through their own, their own operations. Like what would you, what would you tell yourself as you reflect back on who that person was and the experiences you've gained today? What would you go back and wish that person knew that, that person being your younger self, not, not another entrepreneur, but just who you, what you would have loved to tell yourself back then. Well, my first thought when you first posed the question was um, how powerful it is just to articulate your vision mm. and um, just putting it out there to the universe. Oh, yeah. Um, Stacy talks about what was the book? The Alchemist. The Alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, when you set forward on your dream, the doors begin to open for you and um, it's going to be bumpy. <laughs> you, and there's no way to tell a person that. They have to go through it themselves because there's no way... To, to know how crazy it is um, until you've gone through it yourself. But, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's worth the ride. So, yeah. The one thing that I have found, um, and we had an entrepreneur, small business owner, tell us this when we were kind of doing our research, and, and it's just proven so true for me, 
is that he said, you know, it's so much more fun to do this work with someone than by yourself. Mm. And I wouldn't ever be doing it by myself, but it really is just so um, magical that Aubrey and I met one another and that we had the same vision and we couldn't be two completely different people <laughs> because of what Aubrey can bring and because of what I can bring. It just works. And yeah. I can't do what she does as well as she does. And there are things that I do that Aubrey probably wouldn't want to do. And for whatever reason, you know, it just, it works. And so I, I think sometimes younger people, not me today, but me as a younger person saying out loud that I can't do everything, mm. like something you should never say. It really is very comforting at my age. It's just fine for me to be able to say, I can't do that. And so it's worked really well. That's great. That's awesome. I think that that good balance of, of skill sets and, and compliments to each other, that's a great pairing for sure. You guys, your business, I think, are are um, just so much a part of the Colorado Springs business, uh, business community because you're really planted in, in the neighborhoods and uh what, what do you enjoy most about being part of that business community? It's a very supportive network. Folks do really want to help each other. I think because, <laughs> you know, they've been through it, they know. And, you know, maybe because we're, um, you know, a really big small town, um, there's not quite as competitive a nature as I imagine there being in other communities and um, much more a, an environment of support and kind of, you got this, you can do it. And I'm here to, I'm here to provide what I can. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for this interview for sure. But, but more than that, just what you're doing for the community and the, in the neighborhoods downtown and for the people there and all that you're providing, the known things, you know, that you're providing people and the unknown things that people are taking home with them and what they're able to, give back to others around them. So thank you so much for all you guys are doing. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, it's ultimately our pleasure. So Awesome. I'm sure what you're doing. It's a, an important job being the storyteller for others. So thank you for doing that. Oh, it's my honor. I, I just, I get so much satisfaction out of it for sure to hear your story and be inspired by, by what you're doing. And we're kind of linking arms and cheering each other on, I think, which is great. True, true. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks. Thank be you, safe. Joe. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Metaphorically Speaking podcast. At Keyhole Marketing, we tell big stories for small businesses. If you're in the Colorado Springs area and ready to tell your business story, we'd love to come alongside you and help you with your content, branding, SEO, social media, or photography needs. For an instant glimpse at your current marketing's strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities, Take our free marketing assessment at keyholemarketing.us slash marketing dash assessment or send us an email at hi at keyholemarketing.us and let us know how we can help tell your story.